The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day.
Now that is how you start. Well, I, I guess how you start is with a maniacal laugh. <laughs> apparently, I think we just broke some new ground, Johnny. I don't think we've done a Sex Pistols tune up until now, have we? We haven't, because we haven't been angry enough yet. Yeah, that may be. That may be. Or not um, even angry, just, let's say, plaintive. We haven't been plaintive enough. Is that what it is? We bitch and we moan, but we never really, really just complain. It felt like raise our fist in the air. Breaking some shit. Yeah, and, and that's what Sex Pistols is all throwing about. Throwing it down, yeah. Sure. Well, it's, it's funny, uh, the impact of the Sex Pistols is unprecedented before mm-hmm. or since. I mean, we're talking about a band that did one album, yeah. <laughs> okay? And, uh, and, you know, for those of you who are not in the know, and I can't imagine, you know, listening to this show and not being in the know, that was God Save the Queen by the Sex Pistols. Um, to wrap your brain around it, that was their second single, hmm. all right? That's, that's what they came out with on their second record. That and just, probably with that song alone created what most of us consider the stereotype of the British punk rocker with the Absolutely. spiky hair Absolutely. and the black leather pants and yep. the Doc Martens. Yep, yep, and the aggression. Right. For the decades to come, that's exactly yeah. what we just think of. Yeah, they they obviously struck a nerve in England at the time. Sure. <laughs> uh, because the BBC refused to play the song, just flat mm-hmm. out refused to play it. Oh, you English are so superior, aren't you? Um, not coincidentally, though, the band says it had nothing to do with it. This was during Queen Elizabeth II's Silver Jubilee in 1977. The band released the song in May of 1977. And, of course, it was included uh, later on in the year on their only studio album, Never mm-hmm. Mind the Bollocks, Here's the Sex Pistols. <laughs> um, and it's kind of funny. The original title of the song was No Future. Um, and in elaborating on where they were coming from with the song... Uh, Johnny Lydon, the aforementioned Johnny Rotten, uh, said it was intended to evoke sympathy for the British working class mm-hmm. and a general resentment towards the monarchy. Right, and uh, and that you know, in a nutshell, is why I really, really wanted to open the show with this, given the topic that we're about ah, to say. Ah, the working into. class, yeah. the unwashed. Well, it it it. it <laughs> Fully nails it, you know, in the frustration of the time. Are you sad? Because your uh, collar is blue. I'm telling you, man, you know. Um, But yeah, you know, to to segue right into, and let's get down to business, what we want to talk about with the opening topic tonight, what in the hell is going on with the American (laughs) workforce these days, Johnny? Oh, my God. Wow, I I would be naive and say, well, whatever do you mean? But I know exactly what you mean, so hit them with it. What's the crux? it's, It's... you know, obviously, this is some kind of bizarre uh, result of the pandemic and, and what everybody's been going through for low these last coming on three years now. Mm-hmm. But uh, the thing that jumped out at me in particular and, you know, what I was pitching you on uh, pre-show, uh, according to U.S. Labor Department uh, statistics, over 4.5 million people voluntarily, voluntarily, left their jobs in November of 2021 alone. Mm -hmm. That is the single highest total of that number in the 20 years that the Department of Labor has been tracking this. Right. Take this job and shove it. And, you know, to put it in an even broader perspective, uh, for the year 2021, a total of 75.3 million workers were hired and 68.9 million quit, were laid off, or were discharged from their jobs. And out of these so-called separations, 47.4 million were voluntarily quits. Mm -hmm. So I repeat 
my question, what in the hell is going on with the American workforce these days? Well, here's the thing. I'm going to come at it from, well, they're all screwed up, but we, we, we see enough, <laughs> uh, we see enough uh, Joe and Jane's in the street and interact with them on a daily basis to indeed, know that indeed. the American mindset is so completely up its ass right now. It would seem. But I'm going to look at this as, let me put on a different outfit, one of a bean counter, if you will. Okay. I don't want to sell anything buy anything or process anything as a career. I don't want to sell anything bought or processed or buy anything sold or processed or process anything sold, bought or processed or repair anything sold, bought or processed. You know, as a career, I don't want to do that. And I'm no mathematician, (laughs) understatement of the year. All right. But I'm going to say to myself... um, Self? Self. The powers that be, uh, regardless of what media outlet you choose to listen to, yeah. says that unemployment is at a staggeringly low rate, a refreshingly yeah. low rate. Even lower than it was pre-pandemic. Exactly. Okay. So there's a, f- it's, it's, throw it up on the wall like a, like an ugly spitball, say it sticks. Okay. Unemployment low as it's been in, let's just say 10 years. For Which argument. is a very generalized statistic. Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch my facts and figures. <laughs> unemployment is obscenely low, low as it's probably been in 10 years. Okay. There it is, on the wall. There you go. Next up, we've got a whole lot of people that don't want to do menial jobs. And by menial jobs, it's anywhere from dealing with the public, driving trucks, (laughs) working in meat processing plants, jobs that would, before the pandemic, be used to raise a family. You know, as as much as I hate to admit it, um, it, it, it bothers me that I'm thinking that to a great extent, this has a lot to do with unrealistic expectations. Mm, perhaps. You but know? empty your pockets and don't steal my thunder. Okay. So that's another fact, okay? <laughs> that the jobs that need to be filled in order for us to run an orderly society yeah. and maintain the supply-demand chain in its proper proportions, yeah. those jobs are empty, okay? So there's a factoid. Let's just... Ding! That one's on the wall. Okay. Finally... I haven't seen any reports of a giant flood of high-level executive jobs opening up. It's funny. No, you don't. You don't. No. So, and at the same time, because of COVID mandates and whatnot, they're letting go a shit ton of civil servants as if they've got piles of these people waiting in the wings to take jobs of police, fire, doctors, nurses, um, Amtrak employees, train drivers, pilots, you name it. So, again, now you're thinking to yourself... Well, if all these people quit, you presume it would be to get something better. But if they're still looking to fill those better jobs with people, where's this magical uh, 49 point what people that left their job? Yeah. How are they putting food? Right. How are they putting food in their mouths? One wonders. Right? Because also, I haven't heard anything about the, you know, which I guess if they're smart enough to find a way to hide this, but. You don't hear any statistics about people on government assistance or anything like that. Yeah. And we all know that the whole unemployment thing, yeah, it comes to a point where people fall off of the records that just haven't worked in forever. This is true. But not in a time span as little as two years. No. There's a big-ass numbers gap. Like I said, not a mathematician. I don't pretend to play one on TV. Yeah. However, you look at this shit with a pair of peepers from 30,000 feet, and something is amiss. There's some part of the story that... 
The American public, again, regardless of what news source they choose, yeah. nobody is giving us the full story. Well, let me throw this at you. Bring it. Um, in a recent uh, LinkedIn poll of over 21,000 LinkedIn people, uh, 59% of the respondents to the poll said a colleague's departure has led them to consider quitting mm -hmm. as well. You know, and, and just a little side thing. This is why... I've always had a bit of revulsion for the idiots that came up with the hashtag Me Too thing. Uh -huh. Because that's human nature, this Me Too shit. I'm going to jump on that bandwagon. Yeah. You know, if you're going to do it, then I'm going to do it. Things go well, I might be showing her my O face. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. You know what I'm talking about. Oh. <laughs> and right back to unrealistic expectations. Well, the, the counter to that is clearly the hashtag, if your friends jumped off a bridge, does that mean you would also... One movement. wonders. One wonders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it just like, what the fuck is going on here? Mm -hmm. And know? nobody is offering, I mean, somebody has to be able to seize upon this phenomenon to make the other guy look bad. Because that's the way politics works. Indeed. But you're not even seeing that. No. Because the Republicans are sitting there playing with themselves, trying to figure out, are these facts true? I mean, he must be telling the truth because, you know, it's just, we got the same figures. But yet, the simple math doesn't fucking pan out. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And it's scary that, again, nobody, just like for the longest time, nobody even wanted to address the fact that we'd go into stores and be greeted with empty shelves. Yeah. Nobody wanted to talk about that. No. Then no. eventually they got cute. They tried to pin it on Biden because he acknowledged, well, yeah, there are, you know, some things are having a rough time with the transport. Yeah, the all. supply line thing. Right. Yeah. And then they immediately branded uh, him <laughs> empty shelf Biden. <laughs> kind of cute, you know. But again, it doesn't solve the problem. Not overly creative, I got to say. And it, not only is it not overly creative, but you could tell it's not entirely true because no. the right didn't jump all over that to the extent that they could have. Yeah, no you doubt. Know? No they, doubt. they threw their little barbs and then kind of backed off because even they're like, Really, why, why aren't these truck drivers working? That's a really good paying job. Yeah. What's, what's going on here? Well, I think in a weird, weird kind of result of situation, um, not unlike the inflation that everybody's suffering from right now, that the, the country's economy is suffering from right now, nobody saw this one coming. You know, you had uh, obviously a lot of different people over the last two years uh, receiving all sorts of government aid. Mm -hmm. um, and it put a lot of people who had never been there before in a situation where they were getting paid better than when they were right. working mm -hmm. to stay on the sidelines. And that got everybody thinking. Sure. And I'm not sure that it was particularly realistic mm -hmm. what they were thinking. And it's a good point that you bring that up because, yes, we have never seen that before. No. And look, I mean, human nature, it's got to be hard sitting on your duff doing nothing, collecting more than you were making at whatever shit job you worked. Yeah. Let's face it, no matter what you do, unless you're owning your own business, it, it's a shit job. Yeah. You're kissing somebody's ass day Pretty in much. and day out. You're you answering know? too. Dealing with public, I mean, ugh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what that's, a nightmare. That's, yeah, the service, <laughs> service uh, industry, if you will, mm -hmm. seems to be taking the brunt of this scenario, this situation yep. that nobody saw coming. And consequently, nobody knows how to get the hell out of it. Right, because throw on to you know everything else, like we discussed it once. It was labeled languishing. Yeah, um, just throw in the the common public insanity right now. Yeah, and it's making a difficult, weird situation even more difficult and weird. Yeah. So yeah, there's no easy way out of this. I don't see short of. Oh, I hate to even be that guy to say it. Oh God. Short of a war. <laughs> I don't see anything that's going to rally this country to a unified purpose than fighting for our lives. Yeah. 
And no, not fighting for Ukrainian lives. No, no. I mean, some serious shit's got to go down to get us to rally together and, and get back on track. Because that, that's what it is. It's kind of like right now a, a rally race where, or better yet, one of those fancy serpentine races they have, like Monaco or some shit. Right, right, right. And it, sometimes the, the turn is too tight, so the car drifts and gets onto the dirt and the gravel. Yeah. But eventually it gets back on the track. Yeah. And I mean that now in the truest sense. We need to get back on the track and yeah. finish the race yeah. and quit languishing with all this shit that, at the end of the day, doesn't matter. Well, again, it's an unprecedented situation. Um, we've never been hit with this... Uh, series of, of situations, a series of problems to try and overcome. Nobody knows what to tap into in the past for a precedent. Right. You know, this is what happened then, and, you know, this is what we did to get out of it. You know, we're sailing in a whole new uncharted territory yeah. right here. And, you know, nobody, none of the traditional places that we look to for answers have them for this. Right. If you, if you go back a ways... Um a quote by President at the time, William McKinley, who was both famous and and vilified Infamous. for, right? Yeah, yeah. The business of America is business. Yep. I'd buy that for a dollar. And really, if you break it down, look, we're a capitalistic society. So really, at the end of the day, yeah, the business of America is business. That's yeah. what keeps this country churning. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's always going to be those who aren't employed that aren't along for the ride, yep. whether it be their own choice or underskilled or the wrong skills. Yep. But by and large, this country is a giant business juggernaut. Yep. And like most giant unwieldy objects, it doesn't work once it stops. Okay. Yeah. It's like perpetual motion. Indeed. Okay. The Indeed. Titanic didn't stop on a dime and neither did the economy of the United States. Yeah. If I can yeah. use a horrible metaphor. Yeah. But people think it's just gonna, oh yeah, this is gonna jump start and no, no, shit does not get jump started. Okay. No. No. You gotta light the boilers and just start making forward progress. Yeah. And well, right now to, we're not. Yeah, I hate to be the buzzkill, but I think it, it you know, a lot of it is like I said, unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. You know, if you had a shit job to begin with, there was probably a reason for it. Right. You know? <laughs> and that we just lost half our listeners. Yeah, exactly. Pinpoints like, of light around the country just going away. off. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, asshole. You buzzkill. Fuck they you. They used goodbye. to make me feel good, honey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I still advocate drinking heavily in a situation <laughs> like this. So, yeah. But I. I this it, isn't fun at all. I want to hear the angry one talk. <laughs> Well, flip a coin. Which one of us is <laughs> that one on any given weekend? Yeah, know? true, true. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just I I don't mean to harbor be the harbinger of doom and shit. But uh, guilty. You know, there was a reason why things were the way they were. Yeah, and that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm I'm not sure where these people are coming from or where they're expecting to go. Can I blame Whoopi Goldberg, or is that By a topic means. for another day? By all means, no. Let's pile on. <laughs> Let's pile on. That was oh, a stupid, no, I, stupid I wish no, we're going to stay on topic. That she said it. Yeah, we She'll get digressing. Oh, my goodness. Maybe like next episode is just going to be just rip apart the view finally. Yeah, just epically stupid shit. Them. Just beyond <laughs> stupid shit. You know? But, you know, here's, here's the thing, and it's um, the only saving grace or something that gives me pause is that this time of year, naturally, you do see a bit of a downturn. Yeah. We've had horrible weather. It's it's been a very cold winter. Yeah. So let's not panic yeah. until the spring hits. Yeah. However, that's for me and you and, and 
Jill and Joe citizen in the streets, yeah. not like the powers that be. I hope they're like recognizing these things and starting to come up with a plan. Yeah. You know? Well, let me throw this out there. Bring it. Um, <clears throat> according to a recent report from a, a consortium called uh, Future Forum, I don't know if you've ever heard of these guys, but they're focusing. They're they're focused on the reimagining of the future of work. You know, in the future. Sounds like a bunch of peacenik crackpots. Fucking sounds yeah, <laughs> goofy. But anyway, according to these knuckleheads, ninety-five percent of the people that they talk to uh, are seeking flexible hours uh, in their. their I jobs, heard in their the similar thing. Yep. Yeah, another seventy-eight percent said they wanted. Location flexibility. Mm-hmm. You know, these are these are things that obviously a very very high percentage of the workforce. I is want seeking. a pony with wings. Yeah. What percentage wants that? Because they're not going to get any of that shit. One wonders. It's a job. Yeah. It's meant to be tedious. That's why you're getting paid to do it. Yeah. It's not sitting home binging Netflix shows and, <laughs> and writing reviews on your local blog. This is the real world, people. Yeah. Yeah, Good a little, Lord. little bitch left from reality. Right? And, and talk about, like, out of touch. I heard a thing on the radio. You know, Ford has disclosed that the, uh, the, the chip shortage is just about at an end. Really? And they're upping their, their production again. And before you know it, there's going to be hundreds of new models in every Ford dealership around the country. Okay. Now, the person telling this story on the news radio station says, yes. well, the problem is <laughs> new cars, now, get this, because of demand. Yeah are still going to be ten to $15,000 higher than they normally would be this year at this time. Oh, Jesus. So now you've got, which sounds to me a nice way of saying, well, we're inflating the demand because we know we can get people desperate to get a new vehicle, yeah. you know. It's, it's that desperation because they had to wait that's driving up the price, not because anything has cost more to make. Right. No, because right. half these things are already half made sitting in a factory. Yeah. And I know, having recently purchased a new vehicle, Yep. I got off easy because I've seen places. I mean, it's true. They are, especially these, um, the fancy firsthand places like Carvana and yeah. CarMax. Yeah. They are going, buying new cars or the demo version of the cars off lots with like a thousand miles on it yeah. and jacking up the price like anywhere from five to $8,000 and putting because it on their lot. Because, because they, they can. can. And does, does this reek like a bubble that's going to burst eventually? Totally. Yeah, no. But what's got to burst is, is people's expectations. I mean, yeah. look, if you can't afford something, you can't afford something. Yeah. You're not entitled to shit. I mean, I've been saying for years, and everyone's like, oh, my God, that's so, you know, not Orwellian. What's the other guy? Dickinsonian. <laughs> I don't believe healthcare is a God-given right. Wait a minute. Let me back up a second. <laughs> Dickinsonian? I just made it up. Did you? But That was pretty good, it's John. The best word, it's the best word. Because it's very was... Oliver Twisters. You yeah. know, please, sir, can I have some more? Yeah. You want more? <laughs> But it's, you know, people think they ex- they, they're entitled to, to health care. No, yeah. no, you're not. You're entitled to bust your ass and get a good job that will either pay for your health care or you get to put something in because you're that valuable to your company and they know you work your ass off. Yeah. That's kind of how it works. Well, nobody, <laughs> I mean, and this is going to sound funny coming from the left and coming from the liberal end of the show, but nobody's mm-hmm. entitled to anything. Nothing. Nobody deserves anything. <laughs> you know, wake up, smell the fucking coffee, people. It right. doesn't work like that, you know? I mean, the whole healthcare thing was all about, you know, dragging down the economy, the uninsured taking us down. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you deserve it or you have it coming. Right. And that narrative, if you remember, went away damn quick. Pretty much. Because I think for a day, and because so many people kind of perked up and were like, wow, he's got a point. I tell you what, it's one of the things that caused me to quit smoking. 
Because when they made the argument of, well, it's the percentage of the population that treats themselves like shit and are clogging up the emergency rooms and the <laughs> clinics, that's what's driving up everybody's cost. And I looked at that, and I was like, you know what? That son of a bitch has a point. Perhaps. Damn you, Obama. You know? But that narrative went away like a, like a fart in the wind. It is kind of funny. It's not in the, in the national dialogue right now. Nope. And it was for so long. Yeah. Kind of funny. Kind of funny. Strange days indeed, Johnny. Strange days indeed. Yep, indeed, indeed. Uh, so where are we? Are we are we, are we in middle gem territory by any chance? Let's let's do middle gem because uh, yeah, the next one, folks. Strap yourselves in, because <laughs> um, I kind of got a bone to pick. Oh, here we go. And what's funny is that it's not because something managed to piss me off, but it's funny how the the lines are drawn once again yes. between myself and Michael Sean Lee based and on our. The better angels of our nature. Yeah, and, and as usual, <laughs> I'm going to throw gas on the fire. Of course, because yes. he just loves watching me have an aneurysm. That's what I do. That's what I do. But first, it's time for that little nugget of sanity we call the middle gem. But wait, there's more. Right. And for this one, if you thought, you know, reaching back for some sex pistols set a tone, oh. we're going to reach uh, actually even further back than that Okay. to an early song by the police. I like it. To kind of just drain the life out of the first segment. And, you know, hit us with some swelling salts as we move into the second. Are you saying this is not going to be, like, reggae-esque? No. No, it's not something that, that MILFs like because it's got sting in it. Uh, it's not that kind of police uh, song. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> so here we go with, um, well, it's no easy way to put it, Dead End Job. I like by it. By the police. Nice. And we'll be back in a couple more minutes with some new things and stuff.
Illuminats, unlike, like we said, most of your yeah. skippity-boo-bop type yeah, police Yeah, that was very, very un-police. Yeah. That was early shit, obviously. Very early. Uh, originally released in 77. Okay. Uh, they re-released it again in 1978 to go on the B-side of Can't Stand Losing You. All right. A more conventional police, police tune. Police tune, yeah. And basically the gist of it is, it is kind of repetitive, yeah, he doesn't want no dead-end job. Yeah. Doesn't want to work in the factory like his Uncle Dave and just... Look, what young man amongst us hasn't had <laughs> the same lament? It could be Sting, it, it could be John Cougar, it could yeah. be Bruce Springsteen. Kind of what motivates you to sell drugs. It, it, you, know? you know what? Yeah, yeah. There you yeah. go. You know? <laughs> but yeah, it sounds like that, that particular year, 1977, was uh, quite a year for, the, uh, for, for the British Brits. artists. Yeah, yeah. kind of rough. Yeah, they were throwing down. They so were. like I said, that was kind of to, to close out and put a nice bow on the opening segment. Now we're going to downshift to something completely different. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, which everybody pretty much has an opinion on, which makes for a great debate. It would seem. And as you and I were discussing it, and it to the folks at home, like your yeah. little backstory, yeah. um, Michael didn't or doesn't understand my beef on this particular thing. So I will try... Um, as nicely as possible, to just like lay out why I feel the way I, I do. But I, I'll preface I, it with, it's not this particular situation. It's it's not this under a microscope. It's the broader sense of what's going on yeah, right now. Yeah, but let's, let's be completely clear whether or not I understand or agree or disagree with wherever you're coming from. They know you hate baby Jesus. We I'll, made that apparent. Well, Jesus, I wasn't going to get to that till the end of the show. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I'll take a bullet for your uh, for your opportunity to express yourself. Sure. And yeah, I, I, I'm you know this is the whole Spotify controversy right now. Um, you know, with Neil Young coming down, uh, obviously on the side of the vaxxers, and objecting to misinformation on Joe Rogan's podcast. And as much as I hate, you know, giving any kind of reference to. The competition, quite frankly, and don't have a hell of a lot of respect for Joe Rogan. Um, kind of interesting that Neil put, Neil picked this particular fight. He picked picked this particular battle, uh, and then of course Joni Mitchell jumped in with him. And it's it's you know a lot of artists are like jumping in, and we're choosing sides and whatnot. But for some strange reason, this really riled Johnny in regards to Neil and Neil's position on this. And uh, we've been discussing this at length. We've been going back and forth on it considerably. And uh, well, I don't necessarily understand where Johnny's coming from, I think there it's, we go. it's something that, uh, <laughs> that, that he should express and everybody should hear and everybody should consider. Uh, All right. So go for it, John. Tell well, us where you're note, at folks, on this uh, one, Visualize, folks, the, uh, the bars on the roller coaster have now lowered themselves into a down position and mm. you're ready to start going. And you're doing the clickety clank, clickety clank up that first incline on the roller coaster. And listen to my melodious voice as I tell you artists such as Neil Young have taken a stand against the material put forth by Joe Rogan on his podcast because it reflects badly against the concept of vaccinations, getting vaccinated, and the like. Clickety clank, clickety clank. So then he feels it's necessary to grandstand and or pontificate and tell Spotify, well, I disagree with what he's saying vehemently, so it's either Joe Rogan or Neil Young. You can't have both. Clickety, clickety, clickety. And let's make it really, really clear that Spotify has a reported $100 million contract 
with Joe Rogan and his fucking podcast. Does anybody, anybody (laughs) in the known universe think that Spotify was going to come down on the side of Neil Young on this one? All right. So one has to seriously question what the fuck Neil was thinking on this one. Well, that was a fun roller coaster. (laughs) We've come down to the bottom of the hill. Uh, Look, I will go on the record as saying, no, I am not a big fan of Neil Young. Okay. For reasons which nobody needs to know except for Michael and I because we already discussed it. Fair enough. By the same token, I am not a big fan of of Joe Rogan. I think he's really not a a talented guy, but he's seized on a particular zeitgeist of, of the podcast world. He's got a big audience. And you know what? Who am I to to deprive him of of making a buck, you know? If people want to listen to bad advice, they're going to do it, whether it's from Joe Rogan or any of these bazillion different websites and counterculture things. He is not the one keeping people from getting vaccinated. Do you you think he was capitalizing on the controversy that you could could cause by giving these knuckleheads and their... Fucking way out views. I tell you what, that's an excellent question, and I will say no, because he's already got a fan base that thinks it's just so fucking amazing he can interview somebody while smoking a joint, okay? Okay. We're not watching the chess championships of the world here. (laughs) We're listening to Joe Rogan interview people, sometimes more interesting than others, but yeah, his big claim to fame, other than chasing down poor little Carlos Mancia off the stage for stealing comedy bits is being a, an MMA groupie, okay, and now having a podcast, which, as I've said to you, is pales in comparison to the originality and creativity of, say, a Mark Marin, okay, who gets okay. no credit for almost single-handedly starting this, this podcast movement, okay? Yeah, yeah. Kind of rise the waves, and like I said, he has his own little kitsch and whatnot that he throws on it, and with all these people sitting home and the legalization of pod, yeah, it's, it's a self-creating audience now, Okay, and I don't deny him that either good for him i'm glad he's successful you know but i don't want him as my spokesperson and i sure as fuck don't want 90 year old neil young who has made a career of yes some very good songs some very timely songs but also a lot of shit to stir the pot and get people a talking okay and i would simply say for all the merits of the song southern man yeah that is as fucking divisive as you can possibly get and he just threw it out there without, okay, and here's my point, without a concern for the divisions and whatnot and the angst amongst society it would cause. Okay. So why is he so concerned about now that Joe Rogan's views on, on vaxxing or non-vaxxing are so detrimental to society? What does he give a shit? What's, what's his horse in the game? What's his crazy horse in the game? Wacka, wacka, wacka. But what's his horse in the game? Okay. He's pontificating, and I smell hypocrisy a mile away, and fuck him, okay? Now, Joni Mitchell, I don't know whether they dug her up, all right? She can go fuck herself, too. And then now it's Lofgren, like, yeah, that's my boy Neil Young. I'm going to side with him, Spike. He can go fuck himself, too. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Apple, if I just ruined our explicit rating, but they can all fuck themselves because there's nothing worse in this world than hypocrisy. All right, Johnny, let's let's, like... No, Let I'm not pe- going to cool my jets. No, no. You always no, do this. You try and throw no, water no, on the no, thing. No, no, no. I'm not going to ask you to cool your jets. As a matter of fact, you're far more, <laughs> far more amusing when your jets are fired up. I just want to clarify and, like, let's be truthful and, and tell people about our experience with Spotify. Okay, good point. We had, uh, a while back, and we touched it on the show, yep. um, 
somebody had complained, or UMG, the Universal Music Group, had complained to Spotify that two episodes of our podcast used unlicensed material, meaning songs, okay? Yeah. And for those who don't know, this podcast is actually a recast from BigBoomRadio.com, which is fully licensed and operating through Live 365, which pays our exact amount of ASCAP fees for all the royalties of the artists that we use, okay? Mm -hmm. It's already covered. And after I explained this in a very tightly worded letter to UMG, basically the Don Corleone of the music world, yeah. they actually backed off, but not before Spotify felt enough pressure from them or fear that they deleted those two episodes of our podcast. Interesting. So, yes. Yes, Michael. I would be remiss <laughs> if I didn't say that that's somewhere deep down inside and in a place I hate to even admit to myself kind of makes me feel the way I do because yeah. we have been victimized, okay, to a very small extent, by a perception. Okay. Okay? And if these things get root, it's not, like I said, it's not the elimination of the Joe Rogans of the world. Yeah. And it's not the arbitrary celebrities like Neil Young that stand up and, and protest against stuff. Because in this instance, it's a freaking podcast, okay? Yeah. Who gives yeah. a shit? But when you jump into the arena of, of censorship, it's scary how these things take hold. And yeah. it's, it's one thing to you know, stick a disclaimer in front of a podcast. The mm -hmm. views expressed are not necessarily da-da-da-da. Right. Fine, that, that's how it starts. Yeah. But there's still places in this country that are burning books, like really famous good books, yeah. because of the bizarre shit, according to them, yeah. that's mentioned in there. And let's just start at Huckleberry Finn and work our way down. Yeah. The list is getting more and more expansive. Mm -hmm. I saw just the other day, they're preventing um, a graphic novel called Mouse. Yes. Uh, very famous. It was actually listed in the 100 greatest um, novels in American history. Yes, it was. And they're eliminating this now because of um, the imagery and whatnot used from the Holocaust. It, it okay? upset somebody. Yes. Yeah. And look, good art, it, it upsets people. Okay, and again, that's I'm not throwing Joe Rogan into the argument no, of no, good art. He, do, he doesn't qualify, but yeah, that's what right. good art is supposed to do. Right, and at the very least, it's supposed to make you think. Yep. And look, there, I hate the cliche, but if you don't like it, just turn the dial. There you, you go. Know? Um, and that's why channel, I'm so heated. off, fucking take a step back. And I never you. thought in a million years that I would be on a side <laughs> fighting <laughs> anti-censorship. <laughs> I'm on the right, and I'm fighting against censorship. you got to be kidding me. I know. This is part of the Twilight Zone universe we're living in day yes, to day. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, just in the interest of full disclosure, I wanted to throw it out. And like I said, you know, prior to Johnny explaining himself, while I might not necessarily agree with him, I'll take a bullet for his right to express himself. There we go. And that's the thing that we all need to keep in mind as these things uh, progress, this book burning that you're making reference to. You know, don't, and I never, again, full disclosure, listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. Could give less of a shit about Joe Rogan. Right. Uh, but not really, I mean, whatever happened to people taking responsibility for? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, if Joe Rogan's podcast is throwing out bullshit information, whatever happened to the responsibility of the people listening to it to do the homework 
and figure the shit out for themselves. Right. You or, know, are you that easily led? Are you that pathetic? Heaven forbid, if he's got that much of an issue, Neil Young is famous enough that he could have very easily reached out to Joe Rogan and said, I would like to be on your podcast and tell him why he wanted to be on there. And that could have been an amazing episode. Kind of curious he didn't take that route. Do it. Do it. I mean, it might still happen, or we might have jumped a shark. I, mm. I don't know. Do it. Do it. But mm. like we always say here, you know, we have a difference of opinion, and 99% of the time, we don't rip each other's throat out. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. And I think that's, that's a good seed planner right there. What do you say, Neil fucking Young? Right. You know, Joe Rogan? You, yeah. Piece of shit? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you guys sit down and, uh, and talk this one out for the good of everyone? And why don't they bring in uh, Carlos Mancia as a mediator? <laughs> I'm sure he could steal some mediator shtick and, and say it's his own. I right? think that would be ridiculously <laughs> appropriate. I really do. I really do. Do it! So, yeah, so, so that's that. And, and I, I, for one, feel better that I got that off my chest. I'm glad bit. you did. Yeah. I'm glad you did. And, and, and yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, when we broached this pre-show, it was like, oh, shit. But, yeah, it's, it's better that we throw it out there. Because, yeah, when we, uh, when we turn off the mics and we get done, I'm not going to hit John with a chair. <laughs> Uh, I don't. This isn't Golden Corral. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> think he's gonna, you know, throw my empty bottle of Absolute at me. You know, I think we're gonna go off and we're gonna sit down and we're having a drink together. You know, and why the fuck can't Neil Young and Joe Rogan do that? Yeah, especially because they're entertainers. Well, entertainers then. Yes, is that too big a mountain to climb for you right? two clowns? Let the crowd dictate what the entertainment's gonna be for a change. Fucking Some a birdie feeding us. <laughs> So on that note, yes. let's go to the final jam, which, trust me, folks, this will just cleanse all of us <laughs> of, of these disruptive topics, these things we debate and, and yell at each other We need a cleansing day. gem. We do. Right. We do. Because sometimes you just need to blame it all on the low-hanging fruit. There you go. And on that note, how about a little ditty by Tenacious D doing said phrase, the low-hanging fruit, and also, if, if it's not just because they're awesome... We can even consider this one a, a week late extra homage to one Marvin Lee a day because it's very meatloaf-esque. Absolutely. All right, so we're going to play this for you, folks, and we'll be back in a couple more minutes with, yes, more things and stuff. <laughs> well, me and Cage are hungry. We're hungry for some fruit. We wander through the garden. It would be a hoot to eat some low-hanging fruit. We're on a freaky pursuit. Don't want no high-class model in design a fucking bathing suit. We want the low-hanging fruit. Me and Cage are honing We're looking for a snack Looking for a plump one With a tasty crack We want some low-hanging fruit To wear the deep pursuit She gets the shit-kicking boot We need the low-hanging
I mean, every group tonight, I think maybe we used one police song, but maybe. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah, so we had a nice drive. We got some old, we got some new. It's all good stuff. I like it. So, like yeah, it. we'll count this one as new because this was from Rise of the Phoenix, their uh, 2012 album. All right. And, uh, yeah, just typical Tenacious D, two overweight mid-age comedians <laughs> with, like, acoustic guitar skills that just kill it. I know. They, they kill do. it. They do. And it's like every song is a mockery of the concept of like theatrical arena rock, but they still kill it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen two guys so in sync, right? As Kyle and Jack Black. And it just it takes me back to the joy I used to bring singing "Fuck Her Gently" on karaoke night, <laughs> especially to the you know parents with kids in the audience that had never been there before. Absolutely, take them to school. I'm not going to cook it, but I'll order it from Zanzibar. There we go. That's right. Daddy, right. what's Zanzibar? So we had another discussion. We do. Uh, it's it's a, a new thing. We're yeah. going to road test it out of this episode. We're talking spontaneity here, folks. That's right. Thinking outside the box. Yeah, and we're absolutely. introducing a new concept for the Ed Obdi broadcast known as Three Cliffhangers. Nice. Voice right yeah, I like yeah. it. I like it. It fits. So we're going to ask, uh, we'll just throw out three rhetorical questions that yeah. we're going to recap next episode and kind of see you know, what happens. Let's see where this goes. Because quite a few times in our several years' existence, yeah. we've touched on something that after we discussed it, either 100% became true based yep. on our predictions yep. or through no fault of our own, honestly, it became a natural discussion. Indeed. So we're pretty good with having a finger on the pulse of society. So I think so. Here's your three cliffhangers. All right. Number one, does Whoopi get fired? Oh, yeah, that one pants out. Well, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's... I mean, she got, she got a, a two-week suspension, not the indefinite suspension, because yeah. you don't yeah. want back from that. Was that just a slap on the wrist or we'll the harbinger see. of things to come? I'm going to talk all day like this now. I think so. All right. Next up, number two. Yes. Does Brian Flores' suit get tossed out of court? Because to me, it's not like he's pissed off he didn't get the job. You know, we need to get Christian Bale to do this in his <laughs> Batman voice. That's what we need. That's what we need to have. Or Michael here. Keaton. He might be more affordable yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah, no, Keaton would work. Definitely. But yeah, look, I mean, look, we, we've all sat in interviews that were a waste of our time that we knew within five minutes. Oh, without they didn't like the cut of her jib. We're not going to get it. And you go yep. through the motions. It happens, yep. right? Yep. Right now, it just comes across that, yes, he's a talented coach, but he's also a little butthurt because he didn't get hired this time around. He's chapped. He's definitely chapped. But, you know, I'm not Nostradamus, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> if I look in the future, one thing that's not going to get you that head coaching job, Kaepernick, is throwing the race car down and filing a suit against the NFL. 
I don't see it working. So maybe phone. you can get Nike on the phone for yeah. like a new ad campaign, but yeah, no team's going to Yeah, he's, hire him. he's taking a bullet for the future, but yeah, that's it. Right. And then, of course, something we just discussed, number three. Will Neil Young and Joe Rogan sit down and hash it out? Man up, boys. Man up. Pass. <laughs> Here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if they don't. <laughs> If they don't, and here's the challenge for you, you fuckers. If they don't, <laughs> then this is all bullshit. It's all bullshit on Neil's part. It, it's it all could bullshit be a work. on Rogan's part. Yeah. Step up, boys. Step up or step out. Right. Or, honorable mention, in case they don't sit down and talk, I want to see uh, what's what's the over-under on other celebrities. Notice I didn't say over the hill. Right. And not even musical-related. What's the over-under on other celebrities actively siding with Neil Young? I'm going to set it at five. Well, who needs the publicity more? <sighs> you know, because that's, that's what it's going to come down to. Has that to. ever cost any of these assholes? I mean, look, if it wasn't for his whole shooting on the set of Rust, you know Baldwin would have weighed in by now. <laughs> you know he would have. Ouch, ouch. Acting tough. And if Joe Rogan doesn't like it, I'll give him a slap. Or I'll impersonate him on oh, SNL. man. Wow. And really, this needs to be a skit on SNL. It Talk about low-hanging does. fruit. It most definitely does. Good God. Seriously. You know, we're throwing, <laughs> we're throwing all sorts of material out there for other people. Right? And they're yeah. just taking the shit and, 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 and soaking it off. They scoop it up and run with it. What the fuck? All right. So if I was going to do a skit on SNL with those two, uh, yeah. the guy to play Neil Young, he's not a cast member, but the uh, the tall man from the Phantasm movies, okay. I believe his name is Angus Scrim. Yeah, all right. <laughs> he all should right. be Neil Young because, look, he, he looks like the Grim Reaper. There we go. And as far as Joe Rogan, wow. Um, Seth Rogan? Oof. Well, he does have the pot tie in there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah. All right, so we've, like, done everybody else's work for them. Yeah. You know, Have at it, world. Run, run with it, you fuckers. These Go for it. Tiny remoras riding the big shark around the pool. I'm telling you, man. In other news, right. there's also that little thing about this, you know, radio station we do. What's Indeed. going on with yes, that? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm neglecting my, my role here yeah. to, to prompt the demo. <laughs> So, yes, John, what's going on in Big Boom Radio this week? Well, I week? tell you what, speaking of low-hanging fruit and spreading our wings, yeah. we're kind of branching out with the uh, Classic Rock Showcase because finally, some would say, we're doing an hour on Prince. Nice. And like I always tell you, I don't like to you know, narrate a whole lot or do a monologue at yep, the beginning yeah, of the yeah. shows because the music needs to speak for itself. Sure. But in this instance, even for a little bit, I was explaining why I'm playing Prince on a classic rock-themed program. Oh, anybody who's in the know knows the purple one rocked. That's he the thing. Rocked. But you got to make sure. you got to lay that icing down before yep. you slip the yep. second layer of cake yep. on it. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of people are like, you mean the guy that was funky? Yes, yeah. Middle America. The purple yeah. guy that was funky. That's him. He does the Dr. Pepper commercials now. He came <laughs> back to life. True story. Um, yeah. But yeah, like some of his shit just rocks so viciously. And anybody that saw his Super Bowl halftime performance... Oh. Oh, or that thing on YouTube at uh, was it George Harrison's benefit? Yes, no, no, it's a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay, something, but yeah, he and maybe it was the, when Harrison went in on his own. Yeah, yeah, that might have been it. And it was like Tom Petty, uh, Harrison's kid. Yeah, Danny. Yeah, and who? It was another. There was some guitar tasty guitar player. players on stage that night, but it didn't matter. Because yeah, because Prince went last, and he went last for a reason. Yeah, because he, he just destroyed it. Absolutely. So yeah, so bang, and it was so easy to do an hour for him. It was ridiculous, no doubt. And then uh, also throwing in there uh, someone else you wouldn't automatically uh, compare to classic rock, but since we do a show called Saturday Night Ska on the yep. station, yeah, 
they got to get included. And what's a bigger recent memory? You Ooh, know, tell not, it, a, not a founding pillar, but tell somebody it, who brought it mainstream. Kill it. The Mighty Mighty Boss Stones. Yes. They need their hour in the sun. They were not going to perform anymore. It was announced uh, late last week. It was. And yeah, they definitely, and a lot of those bands now, because like we always say, classic rock is a genre that's evolving. Yep. And hello, 90s. Your <laughs> bands are on deck. All right? So put some powder on your nose. You're yeah, going to get called up at any time. It's coming around. So maybe it was just appropriate that that's the way things worked out. And yes, in the kitty, ready to go, an hour of the Mighty Mighty Boss Stones. Nice. So that's what's up on the station. All right. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Fun episode. And I thank everybody for humoring me because yes. I needed to get that off my chest. You feel better, John? I do feel a little bit better. All right. A little bit. Good stuff. I'll, I'll be full of venom by the next show. <laughs> Load me up like a squirt gun. I would expect nothing less. All right. Well, I tell you what, folks. That's it for this episode 99. That means the next one is wow. a biggins. Yes. Wow. The possible 90-minute spectacular known as... Riffs and Rants, 100th episode. Look out. A cavalcade of stars, a returning voices. I was going to say faces, <laughs> but voices. Maybe some new ones. Who knows? Indeed, Guaranteed indeed. to offend just about everybody, and yet still maintain our non-explicit rating. Absolutely. That's for you, Apple. <laughs> so until next time, everybody, I am Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Shun Lee. And we'll see you all on the flip side.